Welcome to the Trauma and Mental Health Reports podcast series. We aim to share stories and knowledge on topics related to trauma and mental health with the community. My name is Azin Dasbuk, and I would like to welcome our guest for today's episode, Dr. John Eastwood. Dr. Eastwood is a clinical psychologist and associate professor of clinical psychology at York University. In his research lab named Boredom Lab, Dr. Eastwood seeks to understand the feeling of thinking and how such feelings are inseparable parts of cognition. In particular, how the feeling of boredom is associated with the unengaged mind. He has recently published a book, Out of My Skull, about the psychology of boredom. Today we will be discussing what is boredom and what causes boredom. So let's get into today's conversation. Good morning, Dr. Eastwood. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you, thank you for your time. So can you start by telling us a little about how you got to study boredom and what motivated you? Yeah, so I kind of wear two hats. So, you know, I'm a clinical psychologist and I work with um, young adults and adults who are struggling with mental health difficulties. And around the year 2000, 2001, in my clinical work, I was seeing um, you know, a lot of often young men uh, who were struggling to kind of launch into life, uh, spending too much time maybe in the basement playing video games, not able to move on in their life. And they weren't depressed. They weren't you know, clinically depressed, but they described really chronic, debilitating, longstanding boredom that was uh, having this big impact on their life. And so I became very interested in what is boredom and how is it different from depression? And at the time I interviewed some chronically depressed people who were hospitalized for their depression and just did a little qualitative, informal qualitative interview to satisfy my curiosity. And they kind of reported to me that when they were bored, they started to feel worried that a depressive episode might be coming. Uh, because when they were bored, they were disengaged from activity, and then were more likely to engage in depressive rumination, or a negative self focus. And so um, I, that really piqued my interest. And later on, I, you know, we discovered some research showing that um, levels of boredom at time one can lead to depression at time two. So there is a tight connection there, but they are different things. And that was, you know, from my clinical perspective, what got me interested. My other hat that I wear is a, as a cognitive psychologist where I do research, as you said, related to the intersection or the relationship between cognition and emotion. And uh, I was very interested in how the feeling of thinking certain ways regulates our thinking. So uh, thinking that feels bad, we don't wanna do anymore. The strain of mental effort or the experience of boredom when we're trying to do some activity or task is a really kind of important part of regulating how, how we think. And that might be uh, particularly important in various kinds of clinical conditions that maybe we'll talk a little bit about later on today, such as ADHD. So I was kind of interested in this both from a clinical perspective and from a cognitive science perspective. Thank you. So in your opinion, uh, what is boredom? 
Yeah, so, you know, boredom is a fascinating topic, I find anyway, and uh, it has uh, kind of fuzzy boundaries, you know, philosophers and theologians and writers have been thinking about and writing about boredom for, for, you know, hundreds of years. And so one of the things as a scientist, one of the things we have to do is come up with a clear, concise definition, a way of defining it that the research community can all get behind so that we can then uh, work together as a community and study it. So that was one of the things that we looked at first in our lab is trying to come up with a definition that would be acceptable to a wide range of different theoretical perspectives. And, you know, I think most succinctly you could talk, you could define boredom as this uncomfortable feeling of wanting, but being unable to engage in satisfying activity. And there are two key things happening in the mind of a bored person. The first thing I call a desire bind. So Tolstoy, the writer, famously said that boredom is the desire for desires. So the bored person desperately wants to be doing something, but they don't want to do anything in particular. Nothing that's available to do will scratch their itch for activity. Or you could put it the other way and say, the bored person can't muster up an actionable desire. They can't want to do anything that's available to them. So they're caught in this bind. On the one hand, wanting to do something. On the other hand, not wanting to do anything. And that is this kind of restless, agitated kind of state. So that's the desire bind. The second key thing that's happening in the mind of a bored person we call an unoccupied mind. So when bored, our cognitive resources are underutilized. We have uh, cognitive slack, you might say. Our cognitive abilities are not being engaged. We're not utilizing our, our, our potential. Another writer, Saul Bellows, uh, talked about um, boredom being the pain of unused powers or unused potential. And so an unoccupied mind, that's the second core thing that's happening in the mind of a bored person. And, you know, maybe we could talk a little bit in a moment about some of the causes, but there are many pathways, many things that can cause boredom, but I think they all converge, all these different pathways converge on those final two mechanisms, desire bind and an unoccupied mind. Very interesting. Um, so as you talked about the pathways that causes boredom, hmm. And everyone, every once in a while gets bored. Mm -hmm. But when do you think that it becomes a part of mental health? Or where do we shift into the area of it being clinical? Yeah, well, um, in some ways, it might be helpful to think a little bit about what some of those different pathways are to further explore your question about when does boredom become a problem or when does it become a concern? And, you know, I want to really emphasize that boredom is an uncomfortable feeling, but like any other uncomfortable feeling like sadness or anger or frustration, it serves a purpose. It serves a purpose in our life. And so I don't want to pathologize boredom and say that if you feel bored, that means you have a problem or you have a mental disorder. But boredom is related to various kinds of, of mental disorders. And to kind of understand those associations, it might be helpful to think a little bit about the different causes or pathways to boredom. Mm 
And um, broadly speaking, you could think about internal causes of boredom. So those are personality traits or characteristics within a person. And you could also think about external causes. So these are environmental situations that may give rise to boredom. And, you know, in terms of the external causes, these are the things we're probably very familiar with. You know, often when we're bored, we, we complain about the environment lacking in some way. There's some problem with the environment. Um, and in a nutshell, what I would say is that when there's a poor fit between us and our environment, boredom might be lurking around the corner. And then we can think about, well, what ways can we be misaligned or disconnected or have a poor fit with our environment? So the first way is in terms of values. So if the environment doesn't offer activities uh, or possibilities for engagement that are in line with our values and what is meaningful to us, then it's gonna be a lot harder to want to do anything that's possible in the moment. Um, a second misalignment uh, with our environment can center around our need for variety or our need for excitement. Um, so environments that are monotonous or repetitive are more likely to give rise to boredom uh, because our mind is gonna be unoccupied in these situations. Um, but environments that are too challenging or too complicated for us may also lead to a poor fit and uh, a lack of engagement. So let's say you know, you're, you've been asked to do high level complicated mathematics that's well beyond your ability. If you can't get a foothold intellectually into that material, um, you're gonna disengage and then your mind is gonna be unoccupied. So you were looking for that Goldilocks zone where the environment challenges us just enough that we can get into the material and maybe even achieve a flow-like kind of state. Um, certainly situations where we're constrained or we're forced to do things we don't wanna do, we're not able to do the things that we do wanna do also can, can definitely uh, contribute to boredom. So, a poor fit with our environment or disconnect from our environment, that would be kind of a way I would summarize the external causes. Um, there are a large number of internal causes. You know, we're not blameless either. We bring something to the table as individuals and some of us are more prone to boredom than others. And we could think about these internal causes in terms of emotional causes, cognitive causes, self-control, uh, our, our biology, and also our motivation. Given, you know, uh, the interest of your uh, listeners, I might focus a little bit on the emotional cause right now. And this is something that people often don't understand, but people who uh, lack facility with their emotions or maybe even are afraid of their emotions or try to avoid them are more likely to experience boredom. And you might say, well, why would that be the case? And the idea here is that Emotions are like compass points that orient us in life towards things that matter to us, things that we value, things that are important. And so if we're avoiding our emotions or we don't have good ability to understand our emotions, then it's kind of like being out in the ocean without your compass and you can easily get lost. And so based on that idea that, that difficulty with emotions can lead to boredom, it then is perhaps a little easier to understand kind of a curious finding. Now there's not a lot of research in, on this topic in the literature, but there's a little bit of research on trauma and boredom. 
And the research shows that people who have experienced a traumatic event, an emotionally or traumatic event, uh, may be more likely to experience boredom. And the idea is that going through a traumatic event may lead to some emotional numbing. And that emotional numbing in turn can then lead to boredom. And so the emotional numbing is that kind of mediator between the traumatic experience and then increased boredom later on uh, in the person's life. So there are a number of other kinds of internal personality characteristics that can lead to boredom as well. Difficulty with executive functions or um, ability to focus attention, uh, control attention, because uh, if boredom is this failure to become engaged, failure to engage our mind, then you can well imagine how difficulty with attention and concentration uh, may also lead to boredom. In terms of boredom's relationship to clinical problems, which was kind of what you were asking me initially there, um, I want to be clear that I don't think boredom itself directly causes problematic behavior no more so than anger or sadness directly causes problematic behavior. It really hinges on how we respond to the boredom signal. Boredom is an uncomfortable but normal feeling that serves a purpose. And we can circle back and talk a little bit about its purpose in a moment. But when we respond poorly to that signal, uh, then it can lead to um, difficulties. So we know that um, there's some evidence that uh, boredom can increase, uh, can lead to overeating, uh, risk-taking behavior, or risky decision-making or impulsivity, uh, absent-minded errors, like you're not able to concentrate as well, you know, which is important if you're like an air traffic controller or something like that. Um, there's a little bit of research on uh, boredom leading to future depression, which I talked about earlier. Also boredom leading to anger and hostility and aggression towards others. And finally, a little bit of research on the relationship between boredom and substance use or addiction, uh, but much less than people might think actually uh, on, the, on those issues. Um, now certain clinical conditions are associated with more boredom. So um, there's, in terms of personality, we know that borderline personality disorder is often associated with increased uh, boredom, psychopathy, um, narcissism. So various kinds of personality difficulties may be related to increased propensity to experience boredom. Um, individuals with ADHD often complain of boredom and struggle with boredom to a larger degree than, um, than others. And, you know, back to the idea about my interest in feeling of thinking, you know, it'd be interesting to think about uh, ADHD, for example, as maybe being characterized by having different feeling states associated with thinking. So individuals with ADHD may be perform, e performing equally well on a task, but experiencing more uh, distressing feelings in that context of trying to do the activity. And so those feelings might be contributing to the challenges uh, we see around persisting or following through on tasks. So 
So those are some of the relationships between boredom and you know, clinical problems or clinical conditions that may be associated with an increased risk of boredom. Yeah, thank you. That was great explanation. So if I got it right, boredom falls in the intersection of thinking and feeling. Mm. And some people, um, they have problems with emotion regulation. They have lost touch with their inner experience for whatever reason. And now the pathway is somehow broken inside. Mm. Yes, that's right. I think boredom is very much a feeling of thinking state. You know, we, 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 we recognize that our emotions have feelings associated with them. If we're angry, then we can feel, you know, that churning in our stomach or an action readiness to lash out or, um, you know, a feeling of being flushed. So the feelings associated with emotions are well known, but we're less, uh, we often don't stop to think about how thinking also has a feeling state associated with it. And, you know, as I've been saying all along, boredom in and of itself is not good or bad. It's how we respond to it. And in fact, I would say that boredom has a message for us that we need to hear, just like anger or sadness has a message for us. You know, sadness tells us maybe that we're grieving or we've experienced loss or we need interpersonal connection and it can help us seek out what it is that we need. Similarly, boredom has a message for us, you might say. And what I would say in a nutshell is that boredom, the pain of boredom saves us from the possibility of stagnation. So, Boredom tells us we're not being agentic. We're not being self-determined. We're not engaging the world on our terms. Um, we're not uh, developing a plan and then engaging in that plan and uh, acting on the world. And we all come into the world with this need for effectance. We need to express ourselves in our own unique way and connect with other people and connect with the world based on our capacity. And boredom kind of reminds us of the importance of that and won't let us rest in this more kind of disengaged, apathetic state. Um, and the key though is to not just blunt the uncomfortable feeling of boredom with stimulation, but to really hear that it's calling us to become uh, to look for activities that flow from and give expression to our passion, our curiosity, and our creativity. Thank you, that was very interesting. Um, people don't really like boredom, but they don't know what an interesting message boredom can carry for them. Yes. Very nice to hear today. Anything else you would like to share with the audience? Um, no, I, I think that uh, in a short period of time here, we've covered uh, a lot. We skimmed over a broad area and I, I, I'm thankful for your curiosity and your interest in the topic of boredom. I find it an endlessly fascinating topic. There's so much to explore and uh, thank you for inviting me to speak about it. Thank you, thank you so much for your time. So with this, I like to conclude this podcast and say thank you you again very much for taking time during this tough times where people 
always feel bored at home and share your knowledge with us. Thank you again. My pleasure. You've reached the end of this episode with the Trauma and Mental Health Report podcast. Thank you for joining us. Connect with us at trauma.blog.yourq.ca. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and newsletter to see our latest content. See you at the next episode.